Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. Our lesson this morning is from Luke chapter 23. Listen for the word of God. Our ears are open. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Amen. For the past couple of years, I've had an end-of-year tradition where I spend a day or so really reflecting on all that the year has brought me. The joys and sorrows, the lessons I've learned, the goals I've achieved, where I missed the mark. This year, I plan on stepping back a little bit more broadly as we approach the end of a decade. Yes, let that set in for a moment. How have I grown these past 10 years? What were the patterns of grace in my life? What relationships have I cultivated and which ones were only here for a season? How has God continued to shape my call to ministry? There's something really powerful about this type of self-reflection. Taking a moment to pause and acknowledge where you've come from before embarking on the next part of your journey. I not only learn about myself, but I'm also able to see more clearly the ways God has shown up. Well, much like the calendar year, the church follows what is called a liturgical calendar. It has its own seasons, Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost, and every year we journey with Christ through his birth, life, death, and resurrection. We celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit and the growth of the church, and it leads us to the final day of the church calendar where we acknowledge the lordship of Christ, 
Christ the King Sunday. Christ is King. It's a confession that has united the church universal throughout history. Our journey through the liturgical year, our church calendar, has led us here to this confession, Christ is King. It sounds exciting, right? Especially if you say it with a lot of enthusiasm, Christ is King. But what in the world does that mean? I think maybe this is something we should spend a little time reflecting on. In our scripture passage today, we find ourselves at the foot of the cross. Jesus has been brought to the place of the skull to be executed with two thieves. The charge against him reads, King of the Jews. He is taunted by Roman soldiers. They cast lots for his things. He is mocked. If you're really the Christ, then come down from that cross and save yourself. Insults are hurled at him. It's an excruciating scene. And I don't know about you, but this doesn't exactly seem like the place you would find a king. Where's the crown with jewels made of gold? Where's the palace overlooking the beautiful kingdom? Where are his supporters, his army willing to sacrifice everything to protect him? I mean, could we at least get the servant whose job it is to fan him with palm leaves and feed him grapes from a stem? No, instead we get Jesus, an innocent man, crucified. A painful public death. Yes, Christ is king. A different kind of king. Of a different kind of kingdom. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus reads from the scroll of Isaiah, announcing his mission on earth. He reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There are no power plays no political games. There's no wealth or status. Jesus, the word made flesh, comes to set the captives free with the radical message of love and grace and welcome. More than anything else, Jesus talked about a new way of doing things, the kingdom of God. And I think for us to know what it means for Christ to be king we have to understand his kingdom. Jesus spent much of his ministry describing the kingdom of God as having different rules and different expectations from the rules and expectations of the world. It's both a future hope and a present reality. It's the reconciliation and liberation of all creation. It's grace freely given for all. It's justice rolling down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. It's blessed are the poor and the hungry and those who weep. Jesus in the Gospel of Luke talks a lot about the kingdom of God. In chapter 15, Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like the love freely given, 
when a son foolishly asks his father for his part of the inheritance, and the son takes it and he squanders it in a foreign land. And when the money ran out, he finds himself among the pigs longing for what they ate, no one willing to help him. When he comes to his senses and returns home, hoping his father would just at least give him a job, he's met with open arms, and the father throws him a welcome home party. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is like a shepherd who cares so much for his sheep that when one of them is lost, he calls out a search party and doesn't stop looking until the sheep is found. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a rich man who throws a party. And when the other rich people make excuses for why they can't come because they were too busy, he has an open invitation and he goes to the highways and the back alleys and he invites the poor and the lame and the blind to be part of the feast. In the kingdom of God, the dead are made alive and the lost are found. Everyone has a seat at the table, and all who eat are filled. Oh, how I long for the day when this kingdom reigns forever. And yes, we do have moments when this kingdom breaks through here and now in our present reality. Just yesterday, I was having brunch with a group of women. We sat around a table, and we shared our stories. We listened to each other, and we encouraged each other, and there was zero judgment and a fountain of grace. I saw the kingdom break through. Today at about 1 p.m., I could go down into the fellowship hall, and I could watch hungry bellies be fed. People from all walks of life are welcomed into this space, and they are seen, and they are fed, and they are loved for who they are. That is the kingdom breaking through. These are small glimpses of what Jesus talked about. And they are happening every day all over the world. They are a refreshing drink of water for my thirsty soul. It is love. It is grace. It is peace. It is hope. It's what we are called to do as Christians, to usher in the kingdom of God. Christ is king a different kind of king, of a different kind of kingdom. So let us circle back to our passage today where we stand at the foot of the cross. The religious authorities and political powers were so threatened by Jesus' message of love and welcome and mutuality that they literally put him to death. I think sometimes we gloss over this death as an Easter people. Because we know that three days later, there's resurrection. And yes, praise the Lord that resurrection is our story. But what I realized again this week, maybe for the first time, is that they didn't know that. The Roman soldiers didn't know that resurrection was coming a few days later. The religious leaders didn't know that and blessed their hearts, even though Jesus tried to tell them multiple times. I'm not even sure the disciples knew. It was politics and fear and violence that brought us here to the foot of the cross. 
And it's easy to try to separate ourselves from the story. We try to justify that, oh, we would never. That was a different time and a different place. Nothing like that would ever happen today. This is where that powerful tool of reflecting comes in. We have to acknowledge where we've been and where we are and where we want to go. We have to be honest with ourselves. Because the world we live in is hard. It's full of pain and hurt and confusion. People are swallowed up by darkness and they're crying out for light. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Social status and money are in the driver's seat to nearly every destination. Prophets are put to death, literally and figuratively. Families are grieving the unnecessary loss of loved ones. People are in and out of the hospital with no answers. Friends are sleeping on the streets, even these nights when it gets down to 22 degrees. Struggling with mental illness, caught in the throes of addiction, violence, sexism, racism, injustice. Just this week, two little girls who have been cared for and loved by this church family found themselves in immigration court, waiting for the de deportation ruling of their mom, who they have not seen since April. Though this mother has not been back to her home country since she was nine years old, and she has seven children living here in the United States, the judge ruled to deport her. And now these two little girls will grow up without their mom. You know, I'm not sure that the world is much different than the world that crucified our king. I sometimes find myself standing at the foot of the cross, the foot of injustice, calling out, Jesus, if you're really king, then can you come down and do something, please? Because politics and fear and violence, they're still present. And the world is full of pain and hurt. Jesus is brought to the place of the skull, and he is crucified with two thieves. The charge against him reads, King of the Jews. He is taunted by Roman soldiers. They cast lots for his things. He is mocked. If you're really the Christ, then save yourself. Insults are hurled at him. It's an excruciating scene. And what does Jesus do? He offers grace. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He turns to the thief and says, Today I will see you in paradise. Yes, Christ is king. A different kind of king in a different kind of kingdom. Jesus is the kind of king who seeks the lost and welcomes the poor and invites everyone to the feast. He literally gives up his life to do so. The forgiveness he offers at the cross, he offers to us all. Christ is king. Claiming Christ as our king means that we follow his example. We show love and welcome to all. We become those glimmers of hope for others, working to usher in the kingdom of God. So my challenge for us as we approach the end of this liturgical calendar, 
before we jump straight into Advent, because I realize it's coming in the Christmas season, is that we just pause for a moment and spend a little time reflecting. Have we shown that Christ is king? Have we offered the hope of the kingdom? Do we now? How are we going to moving forward? Let it be so. Amen. Let us go from here today with the love of God, the grace of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit to be glimmers of hope for those in the world, ushering in the kingdom of God. Let it be. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.